You're listening to K is for Kinky Podcast. With Jen and Eden. That's right. Um, and today we're going to be discussing, oh my God, what's the topic? I forgot. Covert kink? Covert kink. No, yes. No, covert kink burglars. Covert kink burglars. <laughs> I knew what we were talking about. It's fine. Hey, you know what you should do before we continue the episode? You should join our Patreon if you have some money and you think that we are worth supporting. Um, we would really love to have you on our, our Patreon. And also, if you do join, you get lots of cool perks. But the most important one is that at a certain tier, you get a special Discord server channel just no, no, no. for you. Any verified patron gets on the special channels on our Discord. Anybody can join our Discord, but patrons get special channels. Yeah, that's that's the special and, tier and, I was talking about. And a all sticker. Of them. All of the tiers are special enough our, to be Our the... first 100 patrons get a sticker. Yeah, uh, with an outdated um, Yeah, it's a Jen limited time only sticker because we'll never make them again because they were from before Eden changed her name. Wow, this is a really good pitch. If I was listening to this, <laughs> I would totally want an outdated sticker. Cool. It's a, it's a one of the kind, one of a kind. We're going to we're going to turn this into something desirable. Yes. So um, you want to join the Patreon. You desire the outdated sticker. And you want to listen to the rest of this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Case for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics. So if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. Hello, Eden. Hello, Miss Jen. <laughs> You're so professional. Yes, <laughs> I'm a very adjusting. professional person. As you adjust the mic. I'm a classy broad. <clears throat> um, oh, I'm touching the microphone cord. Hold on. Oh, shit. Oh, God, there's so much that just happened. Oh, shit. Okay, try that again. I just have to tell the viewers what don't. I'm seeing right now. No, don't tell them. <laughs> Essentially, Eden is spread eagle on the couch to avoid the mic cords. <laughs> I am a lady. I am dignified. And I will not stand for the slander. All right. Um, so today we kind of wanted to talk about something that I think is kind of fun, um, that will hopefully give ideas, but also something that is a little more, um, light, lighthearted. Oh my God. Get comfortable already. <laughs> like I'm trying. Constantly moving. Um, so we wanted to talk about, you know, we could go on and on and on about <clears throat> protocols because obviously we have a whole project around protocol. Um, we enjoy protocol. We have a lot of protocol. Sorry, I'm laughing because she's still trying to figure out her shit. <laughs> I'm comfortable now. My Are you good? Yeah, I'm, I'm just making sure that I'm comfortable <laughs> for this topic, you know? Oh my gosh. Don't fall asleep. Don't get that comfortable. Um, so something that's a little bit fun around protocols is uh, covert protocols or taking the protocols you have that you might do one way if you're alone or in a kink setting <clears throat> and changing them for vanilla setting, not only examples of what those might be, but also why we like it, what we get out of it, uh, the benefits of it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. 
So, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, Excuse cough me. right into the microphone. I moved. <coughs> Hold on, I'm drinking water. Um, so today we're going to be talking about covert protocols. Thanks, um, Eden. I just said that. <laughs> yeah, and basically what this means is wearing robbers' masks and running around, oh my God. trying to pretend that you're part of the vanilla world, but really you're actually like secretly a sneaky kingster. And that's basically what I want you Why to imagine as we talk about. It. Because okay. like you know, like you know, like you know, like the McDonald's like McBurglar masks. Like I'm, I'm imagining us dressed like that, doing these oh, protocols, God. and I want the rest of the viewers to imagine that too. So one thing that was really funny, which I just wanted. Oh, his name's Hamburglar. Say... Sorry, I called him the McBurglar. It's Hamburglar. <laughs> I'm really sorry. One thing I wanted to say that I thought was funny is so anybody who's like known me or been to my classes or whatever. Um, knows that I am extremely fortunate to have very supportive people in my life, including my parents. Um, and even though they don't understand all of this stuff that I do or like not understand, like they're dumb, but like they don't, like they don't get it. Um, but they've always been very supportive. And part of that support has been them attending my classes a couple times. Um, and I remember uh, my dad actually attended one during the shutdown. I was doing all my classes online and I talked about this. I talked about how Eden and I have protocols that we continue through vanilla settings or, you know, family, you know, Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. And after the class was over, he either called or texted and said, Ooh, now I'm going to be looking for <laughs> these covert protocols. <laughs> like it became a game. It was very cute. I just wanted to tell that story. Um, but so for me, what I like about um, converting protocols to vanillatize them, covert. I'm going to make that a word. It's called covert protocols. But I like saying vanillatized. Um, <clears throat> what I like about it is the connection that it maintains, right? It supports the dynamic and it creates, and I said this earlier when Eden and I were talking about this episode, um, I said an imaginary leash, which yes, I guess that's more kinky to say, but it creates this imaginary link in whatever sense, chain, rope, whatever you're into, it creates this imaginary connection um, this imaginary bond. Well, the connection like is an imaginary, like. but it, it creates a connection that is invisible to others. Right. So I think that, you know, vanilla folks that that may not have protocols and such <clears throat> might go to an event or be at a vanilla something birthday party, whatever. <clears throat> Sorry, frog in throat. And they go to the party and they might go off in different directions to talk to people and, you know, they reconnect at the end of the night or here or there. Um, but there's not sort of this ongoing connection um, at the event. And this is why I kind of like having these covert protocols is because we can maintain not just our dynamic, but a connection throughout the event. Right. So <clears throat> that's one reason that that I really like doing that. Um, instead of just dropping everything. Uh, we also do have minors in our <laughs> steed. <laughs> our stead. <laughs> we have children around 50% uh, of the time. 
And so we do have a lot of protocols that we have vanillatized um, because otherwise it would be almost impossible to do them um, half the time. And that's a lot of time to take those away. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of like it. And I could give some examples, but Eden, would you say you agree with that in terms of why you like having vanillatized protocols or is there another reason that it's kind of cool for you? Is, does it create any, does it affect headspace for you? Um, I mean, I think the removal of protocols would be difficult if there was no version of them that was there because, um, it would really truly feel like our dynamic is gone when the kids are here. And I'll tell you right now, like when the kids are here, the dynamic is not as present for me. My headspace is completely different. And we've been kind of dealing with the reality of our headspaces, both of our headspaces being in different, different places, um, at different times. But, um, I think without covert protocols, yeah, it would diminish the dynamic. I don't, I don't really have anything to say on what this. about in other, like, what about in other like family dinners or like family gatherings, not just having the kids here at home. The only but... one that I can think of is when I eat, I look at you. So like it, it's something, it's something there. So yeah. So an example of one of our protocols that we do, um, covertly, typically if we're alone or in a kink environment, um, Eden waits till I take a bite of my food and then she asks permission to eat and I offer permission. Um, so obviously that's not something that we're going to do around the kids. Well, we had to kind of change that around a bit, but it's not something we're going to do in a vanilla setting. Um, so we changed it to where it's basically, she still waits, right? Because it's not as obvious that she's waiting for me to take a bite. But then we just make eye contact. Um, and I'll give her like a slight nod usually is, is the way that we do that. So it's the protocol is still there. <clears throat> She's still waiting for me to take a bite and asking permission and getting permission, but it's in a way that we could do that at Thanksgiving dinner, for example, <clears throat> and it might not be very noticeable, but what that does is it maintains that, that headspace for us and that dynamic for us. Um, and keeps us connected, right? It keeps us connected because I think, um, we've both been in vanilla relationships, right? And there's just not, there's not that connection. I think, I think connection is a big piece of why I really like protocols and power exchange in general, but specifically to, to protocols is, you know, even just, coming home at the end of the day, you know, I, I remember, you know, in vanilla relationships, it was like, Hey, <laughs> you're home. Great. Like here's dinner. Let's sit down and eat, go about our night, whatever. Um, but having something where it's a moment to look at each other, recognize each other, check in with each other, whatever your protocols are for that, um, I think is nice to create connection. Um, even if it's just the beginning or end of day, that kind of stuff. So that's why I like to continue on the protocols, even in vanilla settings with adjustments, obviously. Um, and I think, so I don't know if I'd call this a protocol, but when we're in a kinks setting, 
if we're across the way from each other or if I'm just busy talking or whatever and you're standing there, I'll give you the, the sign for water, right? And you know, yeah, it's the, it's the ASL sign for water. It's the same sign. Um, we, we stole it. Um, so, uh, you know, we have that sign for water. And what's cool is that I feel comfortable if we're in a vanilla setting still doing that. And it's kind of neat to have, if you're on the other side of the room or something and I can get, you know, your, your eyeballs on me and give you that sign without stopping my conversation with, you know, my friend or whoever, and you go get me water. Like, I don't know, like that, that type of thing gives like the D type heart tingles. I don't know what to call that. I think D-type heart tingles is good. <laughs> Not tingles. 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 Oh, Oops. God. <laughs> Her heart pees when this happens. Heart pees. Yes. Um, I will say this. Like, it's very unfortunate that we do live in a culture and a world where kink lifestyles and DS dynamics um, can't be overt. You know, there's so much about my life, I feel personally, that I have had to either hide or be under constant scrutiny over. As a queer person, um, obviously, like, I have gone through my entire life not really being able to walk down the street holding the hand of my partner without being stared at or having cause for concern. So, you know, queer, queer stuff, you know, is changing in the world around us, and in some ways it's not. But at least where we live, we live in Los Angeles, like, I can be an openly queer person and nobody really blinks an eye at me anymore. And I don't really feel quite as ostracized as a queer person as I did when I lived in like Orange County. Um, I still don't feel happy about, you know, the state of queer rights. Um, and I, I don't like the amount of bigotry in the world. But as a kinkster, I feel that being kinky is a lot less acceptable. Um, there's a lot more stigma against kinksters at this time, um, generally speaking, because... Kingsters and queer people are not the same type of marginalized group. There is similar marginalization if you want to compare. But um, being queer is literally not a choice. Um, I think being kinky to a degree is not a choice either. Like I would definitely say that being kinky is part of my sexual orientation, personally. But it's not nearly as big of a like piece for some people. Um, for some people, it's simply an activity that can be fun. So I feel like there's not as much visibility and um, there hasn't been as much pressure um, for the kink community to come out into the open. And there's also so much incredible stigma in the vanilla world against kinksters because kink is just seen as dirty sex for a lot of vanilla people that I don't really foresee kinksters coming into the light a lot further than they already have. Um, you know, it's just it's just seen as a sort of a degenerate, like... Um, horrible thing to do and i'll say this uh queer queerness was seen as degenerate and horrible not too long ago so it is possible maybe i'm just jaded it's possible well, that kinksters <laughs> will gain some sort of um ability to be in the public but what i'm trying to say is it is unfortunate that we even have to be covert about aspects of our dynamic and relationship that are perfectly healthy that contribute to our relationship being what it is um and i i at the same time understand the need for covert protocols for this reason um but i guess like one of the reasons that i'm not super stoked about this conversation for me is that i'm not especially happy about our covert protocols i'm not i'm not i'm not like 
angry about them. I don't dislike them and they have value to me. Um, but I don't like having to conceal something I'm doing for the benefit of other people. I get doing it in front of the kids, but I'm saying like, do I see the value of it? Yes. Do I think it's kind of super awesome to get away quote unquote with being kinky right in front of the face of somebody who's vanilla and they have no idea what they're looking at? (laughs) Yes. Do I think it's important to protect consent? Yes. Um, do I feel slightly resentful that I can't just kneel at your feet in front of other people without it being a problem? A little bit. Am I tired of editing myself as a human? Yeah. Well, and that was going to be my next, you, you went into my next thing, which was going to be, you know, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about sort of some of this and they are from the South and a lot of their protocols, they actually can sort of quote unquote get away with because it's seen as normal. You know what we would really love to get away with? Some amazing reviews by you after you finish the episode. Um, reviews are basically like giving us a million dollars. Um, you know, it really helps. I mean, or you could just give us a million dollars. Well, I would not. <laughs> but if you don't have that, then leave us a review. I would not turn down a million dollars, but yeah, please review this podcast wherever you're listening. Um, it really makes a difference. That's like the big thing on podcasts is reviews. Um, so yeah, this is what we're being told. That's what we've been told. Now back to the regularly, regularly, (laughs) regularly scheduled show. Wow. Words are hard. Now back to the regularly scheduled show. (laughs) But you know, the, and this is a heteronormative male D type, female S type, like the stereotypical, whatever. Right. But for the S type to, you know, get her D types drink refilled or to make a plate for him or to do those sort of servicey things, very normal seen as just being, you know, having good manners and treating your man right. Um, from where they're from and so when they are with family there are more things that they can sort of get away with and not have to do covertly um because it's it's more accepted from where they're from and like you mentioned LA versus Orange County even can be a big difference in terms of what's looked upon in that way well I I do also also want to say like kink is a really hot button issue for feminists in general and it's something that like I've been kind of wanting to address but I've been scared to because to be quite honest I'm not as well read on the topic as I'd like to be before talking about it but I will say this should I write it down on the topic list maybe um I will say this I will say that there are good reasons for why some people would find it triggering for one partner to ask the other, may I please eat? Because there are abusive situations that are not consensual where one partner will abusively control and extort the other partner, even in realms like food. Um, These are a lot of signs in DS that are consensual, that are healthy, are also identical signs of abuse in non-consensual relationships. And to be quite honest with you, I even believe that there are DS relationships that are very abusive that are disguised as healthy DS and it's Mm -hmm. almost indistinguishable to tell the difference. The only people who really know are the people in the relationship. Um, It's something that we should not be afraid to discuss even though it's hard to talk about. So on that note, I do understand the reason why it's important to shield vanilla people who don't understand what they're looking at from exposure to DS relationships that may be read as abusive. And I also understand the reason to protect one another, the D-type especially, from being perceived as an abuser. 
Um, it's just unfortunate that even in the case of like a heteronormative couple, a woman or a female identifying person serving a male identifying person is seen as an inherently bad and anti-feminist. It's unfortunate that consensual power exchange can't include something like that without it being seen as an assault on women's rights. You know, and that's kind of the new pendulum swing of where we're at with feminism. Fem- feminism. Did I say that right? I think so. Anem- anemone. Phenomenonism. Phenomenonism. <laughs> I think there was a time when, and there still is a reason for being really upset when men subjugate women. But it also removes the nuance of when two respectful, consenting adults who happen to be male-identifying and female-identifying enter into a dynamic where they want that. And, like, I just wanted to point that out, too. Like, this concept of covert protocols, like, we basically have to use them as self-protection from the judgment and misperception of everyone else around us. Um, And maybe we should talk about that. Well, and that was was what I was going to flow into next is... How do you decide, right? What protocols are you willing to do in front of vanilla people versus not, right? There's going to be some, like, when I think about, well, when it comes to the kids, that might be a different category. And so let's just set that aside. But I'm thinking more in terms of, like, family or friends, vanilla friends. That adults we have. consenting friends. Adults people. Who are yes. around you, <laughs> who, like, possibly know about the relationship well and in my case they do right everybody i'm i'm out across the board we're we're both out across the board in terms of our parents our families know our friends our close friends know um and we do still have some vanilla friends right they're not all kingsters although it helps if they're all kingsters um Hmm. but (laughs) when we go to visit vanilla friends they know they know the type of relationship um that we're in And I think, you know, so in those circumstances, like you've actually, you have asked permission for things, right? You've said, you know, can I have another beer or whatever? I tend to not be performative (laughs) for other people unless I have no choice. I just do things and if they're uncomfortable, they can let me know. But like, I might still be like, well, that sucks for you that you're uncomfortable that I asked my dominant for permission to eat. I'm still going to do it because it doesn't affect you and you're an adult and I'm an adult. Get out of my face. And hopefully... Sorry, I'm really combative Jesus. about this. Sorry, hopefully really... they're close enough friends where... Like, I've had a situation where with another partner, a past partner... Partner. Partner. Um, I've gone to a, a vanilla event um, and... Or, you know, house party, whatever. And things were done that were not super, like... And that situation i was the s type right and so like getting my d type stuff or whatever where afterwards my friend was like yeah like see like i know that you're in this dynamic and you've agreed to do the things but you know it rubs up against my like you know feminist viewpoint feminist viewpoint or you know whatever but my point there is is that we're good enough friends where we could have that conversation and and they could come to the point of like okay like I just have to remind myself that this is something you've consented to this makes you happy and I just need to like let it go and you know that's also comes back to surrounding yourself with the right kind of people I will also (laughs) say sorry for my own I'm very like I use the word trigger very loosely here, but I'm very like triggery with topics where I'm being asked to code for other people to make them comfortable around me. And I think I want to acknowledge that because there is a lot of nuance in this conversation about the reason why it's necessary to code and the reason why it's necessary to be performatively vanilla for vanilla people. 
like an, an example, it is completely normal for my dominant to smack my ass, smack my <laughs> breast, pinch my ears, or otherwise elbow <laughs> me in such a way where oh. she is put physically giving me a, a, an affectionate um, affection. That is my affection. Or I've done something and she's giving me a correction, like a playful right. correction. This is normal in our relationship. However, if somebody has a problem with this because they have been exposed to domestic violence, they don't like to see hitting, or they just don't understand that this is consensual, this could be extremely traumatic for somebody to observe. Like if my mom saw her slap my breasts casually walking by, my mom might freak out. And that's a normal response for a mom to have. Like my mom did not consent to be exposed to physical assault basically that's not what it is but to her it translates as that to understand that my lifestyle when it comes to physical actions like hitting or things like that to understand that that could be traumatic for somebody is the reason why I consent to and actively participate in coding for other people there are some things that I understand I don't have a right to expose their people to, and I want to be respectful of their boundaries and their needs. And like, like I'll be honest, like I think I, I've never forgotten this. I was in college. I was sitting next to a professor that I absolutely adored, who I was very close with. And she said something and I smacked her knee and said something in re- response. And her reaction was immediate. She went into this trigger, trigger place. She froze up and she said, Oh, don't ever, ever hit me. Don't ever, ever hit me. And I remember that moment being like, Oh my God, I can't believe that, I harmed her. I didn't even realize that I did that, but it was this moment where I was in fucking college and I should have known at that point, don't smack your friends or but what's funny don't is in the scene, we do it all the time. <laughs> well, in the scene, we do it all the time, but like she had never consented to that. And for her, it was traumatic. And it was this light bulb moment for me where I was like, fuck, like I really need to examine myself because even though I didn't mean any harm by that, I don't ever want to risk again the thought of making someone uncomfortable. Same thing happened on a lesser scale when I hugged somebody without consent when I first came into the scene because I had grown up hugging people. Like, it freaked them out, and it was traumatic for them because they don't like to be touched, and that's okay. And, like, I didn't – I hadn't learned that lesson up until that point. So, like – It's it's definitely a balance there. It's a balance, and, like – and for me, at this point, I work hard to not – not only do I work hard to not lay a hand on somebody or touch them without permission, like I even catch myself now gently touching a shoulder of somebody as a way of forming connection and realizing even that I would rather wait for consent to do. Like I'm at that point where I'm microanalyzing physical touch. I also want to be responsible to not expose other people to things that they aren't able to see. It's not normal in the vanilla world to see somebody else smack somebody. It can be normal for some people and in their family structure, maybe that's how they interact and whatever, like, you know, siblings giving each other punches and stuff, but we don't really know what everybody's normal is. And I'd rather default to no physical interactions that look intimidating or frightening than take a risk and make someone uncomfortable. And so, I, yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's about quote unquote, knowing your audience, right? Knowing the people you're around, right? Obviously if you're in a kink setting, we have a lot more, uh, freedom in the sense of doing what we normally do because it is a, a more normal thing um but if you're around family or vanilla friends uh or children right taking note of who you're around and the kinds of relationships you have with them like if we're at my bestie's house and i smack your ass 
nobody's gonna blink an eye or they're probably gonna laugh because they think it's hilarious and also smacking an ass is is actually done in the vanilla well, my culture. bestie would smack my ass anyway so yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like a normal thing but again that's knowing the audience if we were hanging out with you know your parents then i might not smack you in the ass right so like it's maybe a little one <clears throat> covert again we're back to the covert the maybe um, I mean, or you do it to me and I, then I, I do I've done it before. I've actually, I've actually patted her butt before in front of her parent before. Yeah. Cause it's a little um, sexy. Like, I like but my parents butt. are also very like, yeah, cool and, has and supportive butt. and stuff. Oh my God. I like to, anyway, little bunny pats. the point is when it comes to protocols or just like, we kind of start talking about playfulness. If you have covert versions of them. That's great. I think all of that becomes part of your tool bag. And then you have to just kind of either, you know, read the room or know your audience and understand what might be appropriate or comfortable versus what might not be. And honestly, like we being non-heteronormative probably get can get away with a lot more because of that fact well and it, it's unfortunate but it's also realistic to understand how you are perceived as you walk through the universe we are perceived as two white women who have an age gap people actually often think of us as sisters or miss jenna uh, hates it but mother and daughter yeah. i think it's sexy i think the mommy daughter thing is super hot <laughs> okay. um that's my that's like not not literal incest i'm just saying like from like a role play incesty <clears throat> standpoint for okay. me that is okay just don't say age difference out. age difference is hot to you whatever okay don't say for it out of this episode because I mentioned it's a play. <laughs> Don't say for it's, it out. I, I mean it in a consensual. You're not going to get into that. In that a consensual, was... non-literal way. I mean, if you need to say for it out of the episode, please do. But um, I hope you that that wasn't too much for anybody. So this Anyways, is... the point that I was saying, oh. though, is that oh, we right. walk through the world with this in mind. So people code what they see on us as either a mother scolding her child, which could totally be something that happens, as two sisters being playful. <laughs> Or they may be looking at us going like, look at that hot couple, which I think, I wish that happened more often, but I think more so people tend to default to how are they related because of our (laughs) hair color and because people, honestly, people don't jump right to they're a queer couple. People often jump to they must be family. Well, and we also present, both of us present very femme. Yeah, but what I'm saying is though, she might be able to say, get me a cup of water. I might be able to say, may I go to the bathroom out loud in the Denny's and no one's going to blink at that. They're going to be like, oh, that's normal for them because they're mother, daughter, or whatever. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to think about this in a whole new way. I it's love so it. Cringe. I, oh, I'm, just so you know, I think about this literally almost 24-7. Anyways, the point, though, is that we can do that, and nobody's going to look at that and go, how anti-feminist, how anti-woman, that that woman is asking the other woman for permission to use the bathroom. But right. if the same thing happened with a couple who were like heteronormative, male D-type, female S-type, and she asked him permission to go to the bathroom and somebody overheard that in the Denny's, it is almost guaranteed it would be perceived as an abusive dynamic, yeah, relationship dynamic. And even if those two people, the only difference between them and us is their their gender presentation and orientation. orientation. Yeah. Yeah. Even if that's all that there is. And that's kind of what we mean. Like you, you can make decisions based on how you are perceived, and I think you should. It's unfortunate that heteronormative DS couples have to often be very careful about how they code around the vanilla world, but it is the world that we live in, and it is important to know how you are perceived. I also think it's really important to not 
code completely to have little things that are out there because, you know, I know there's on the other end of the spectrum or pendulum, whatever, there are people who were like, we shouldn't have to hide anything because, not you know, queer people when they were, you know, when we've made strides because, you know, queer people, queer were, people were holding hands in public and doing the things that made people uncomfortable. And we're talking about things that make people uncomfortable and they just need to become comfortable with it. I'm not on that end of the spectrum with this. I think there is balance. I think there is nuance. I think there is, you know, awareness of who it is you are in front of and what would be appropriate um, to figure out how much you're going to present and how much you're going to do in a covert way or not at all. Right. Um, I think things that would be considered, well, not exactly, but things that are in the bedroom can stay in the bedroom, right? That's kind of across the board, whether you're kinky or vanilla. That's not something that needs to be <laughs> at Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and for all of those couples out there who like to make out in public places, you're making us a little uncomfortable. Please stop. Yeah. Unless you're in a dungeon, in which case, well, have go a for ball. it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> if, if I'm in if the Denny's in that and you're out in the booth, please stop. <laughs> Um, but that's the thing, you know, it's, it's understanding who you're around, what type of situation you're in and what it is that, again, it's, it's, it's a nuanced thing and it's going to be different depending on who you talk to. Um, but like I said, there's going to be stuff that I wouldn't have an issue doing in front of, you know, some vanilla friends versus doing in front of my parents church I don't know anyway the point is <laughs> that having having things that you've already agreed are are covert ways of doing protocols and maintaining that connection that's what I really love about it is being able to maintain that connection even from across the room or maintaining our dynamic in a vanilla space that's why I really love having these things um but use them but sure. use them or not depending on your situation and who you're around right yeah so i it might be an interesting podcast someday to talk to somebody who is strongly on the other end well, of the spectrum too, i would like so. to do a podcast um about the differences between queerness and kinkiness because i i, I do automatically have feelings about somebody saying you know, we need to be allowed to be doing all of our kinky stuff in public places because it's no different than two queer people kissing. Because two queer people kissing and having a relationship has never caused harm to anyone. But somebody smacking somebody around in a personal relationship and bruising them up and bloodying them up is a serious problem. It's called domestic violence. And there is almost no distinguishing factor besides consent between those two things to vanilla eyes. So there's a very big difference between being queer in a public space and being allowed to have relationships in a public space and being allowed to hit other people in public spaces. Yeah, it just reminded me either whether it's here on our YouTube channel, like eventually I'm hoping that we will review the Sex Room show because oh the God. very first episode oh I'm thinking back about that that scene, not scene as as kinkster scene, but like that scene of the show where they were unloading the spanking bench and the host like hopped on and had her buddy in the hit street her in the front yard yeah and it was like oh god yeah. so yeah like things like I that think, I'm, just, I'm looking forward to that review yeah. i just want to point out though like 
there is a reason for covert kinkiness whether or not we feel we should have to there is a reason to have this conversation yes there are people who are on that extreme side of comparing it identically to queer rights issues as a queer person i do not feel they are identical but i do think there is a gray area where they overlap and i think that there is a certain line where yeah i don't want to have to hide it and then there's a certain line where i understand why there needs to be codification and why there needs to be informed consent from everybody observing including vanilla people and without being able to get consent we should default to coding yeah um, that's my opinion it's definitely not an all or nothing no. topic um and i'm sure it'll continue to come up in different ways but hopefully this has been an interesting conversation for you to listen to and you can start thinking about you know if you want to turn some of your um protocols into covert ones and maybe start vanillatize them vanillatize them there you go um (laughs) thanks um but also start thinking about you know where do you need to vanillatize or not right and who are you around that you need to and what pieces do you need to vanillatize and should you uncovert some protocols should you start kneeling in public places Things like that. Um, so in the meantime, we'll um, we can't wait to see all of y'all in public spaces. Um, on a final note, my favorite covert protocol um, is probably something that I use in dungeon spaces, spaces and outside of it, which is my all done hands. I use the sign for all done when I want to leave and ASL I use it everywhere. Sign. Yeah. Um, and it's not actually as covert <laughs> as it could be because anybody who knows ASL knows I'm saying I'm all done, but it is a way that I can get out of almost any situation. Um, so I really like having nonverbal hand gestures that I can flash at her anywhere I am where my dominant knows where I am emotionally. Um, so I really highly recommend that's your favorite because you know, you get to leave. Yep. My favorite is being able to <laughs> nope out of social situations and like take my like, like my batmobile out of there like just get out no it's fun it can be a lot of fun i'm telling you it can be fun to feel like you have a secret code language around unsuspecting peeps so anyway thanks for listening kinklings hopefully you did not safe word out of this episode and we'll talk to you next time also follow us on facebook because that's a thing we have that we do update yeah Um, you'll see stuff so Facebook it up, my friends. K is for Kinky J-E on Facebook. The Book of Faces. You had to get the last word. Yep. 